You're listening to the Brooks Snow Podcast, conversations to help you live in your true identity as the creator of your life. I'm your host, Brooks Snow. You have episode 108, The Art of Receiving, part four. Let this desire work in you. This episode poses a very important question. What do you want? What is the desire of your heart? This seems like a simple question, but it is surprisingly hard for many people to answer. Oftentimes people are more clear on what they don't want more than what they do. In this episode, we will explore the importance desire plays in creation and hopefully shed some of the shame and fear that can keep our desires from ever bearing fruit. In this Art of Receiving series, it is likely that you desire future blessings. And it's important to know what you desire so you can help participate in the co-creation of those desires coming to pass. In essence, we will learn how to let this desire work in you so you can receive what your heart truly wants and what our loving God wants for you too. If you enjoy this podcast, I know you would love my book, Living in Your True Identity. It's available in Deseret Bookstores and on Amazon.com. It's filled with 21 tools to help you live as the best version of yourself. Thank you to everyone who has left a review for this podcast on iTunes. If this podcast has ever helped you in any way, will you share your thoughts by leaving a review? Your support is what makes this podcast possible. Today's review of the week comes from Brycey Boy. He says, being a male follower, I found the Brooks Snow podcast about a year ago and binge listened, then waited each week for a new release and was saddened when she was on break. I wondered why I craved her insight so much when it dawned on me that as I work away from home for three weeks at a time and unable to attend sacred meetings during those times, my body was looking for any connection to the spirit it could find. And Brooke seemed to fulfill that need deep in my soul and brings me peace when I am unable to connect in other ways. Thank you, Brooke, and may you continue to do the Lord's work through this medium. Brycey boy, thank you so much for your review. I am grateful this podcast could help provide a spiritual connection when you were away from church. And I'm happy to report that I am finding some new ways that I can approach this podcast that will help me publish on a more regular schedule. It's really helpful for me to know that you desire that and producing these episodes helps you. I so appreciate your support and feedback, and I wish you continual connection wherever you find yourself. If you want to be the reviewer of the week, please leave me a five-star review in iTunes and share your favorite takeaway so far. And if you haven't left a review yet, will you do that today? Just pause the episode and do it right now. I've currently reached just over 900 reviews and I would love to make it to 1000 by the end of the year. I want this podcast to help as many people as possible. So you taking the time to write a review will help me reach that goal. So thank you so much for listening and for sharing. Friends, in this Art of Receiving series, we have covered how to allow ourselves to receive compliments and affirmations. We've talked about how to receive our current blessings already in our life. Next, we talked about how we may experience the feeling of divine discontent, an important step in moving toward future blessings that will invite us to change something in our life. In the rest of this series, we are going to focus on how to receive future blessings. 
If you've ever felt stuck and you wish you could move forward into the future blessings your heart desires, the following episodes of this series will explore how to support you being a powerful creator to make your future reality your current reality. To begin, it is important for you to be able to answer a very important question. What do you want? What is it you really desire? Now, this seems like a simple question, right? (laughs) Yet I have learned from my own experience, as well as coaching hundreds of other creators, the answer to this question isn't always as simple as it sounds. Sometimes we are not clear on what we want. We may only know what we don't want. Other times we are clear on what we want, but we judge ourselves for wanting it. Either way, we will stay stuck unless we can gain clarity and confidence. Let's first resolve the judgment and shame that we can experience for wanting something. Because if we can clear this up, then gaining clarity is so much easier. Hopefully our last lesson on divine discontent has already sparked some resolution for judging our desires. Often the divine discontent will show up because our hearts are wanting something more. This is God's way of nudging us towards changing something up in our life so he can bring us more blessings. But Satan will oppose this progress and try to keep you stuck. The easiest way he does this is to judge what you want by telling you a story of why this desire is a terrible idea. Some of those stories may sound like this. That's impossible. You can't have that. Your desire is selfish. That's going to disrupt your life in too many ways. It's going to be too hard to obtain. You'll probably fail. Other people will not support you. Other people will judge you. Other people will make this too hard. That's never been done before. You don't have the time. You don't have the resources. You don't have the support. You don't have the knowledge. You don't have the experience. You don't have the health. All of these stories are creating judgment, judgment on you, others, and your environment. Finally, for good measure, the adversary will throw in judgment on God. Because the truth is, with God, all things are possible. So if Satan can create a false image of who God is and what God is capable of, then he has been sufficiently thorough in doing all he can to keep you stuck. Some of those judgments on God may sound like this. God doesn't want that for you. God is disappointed in you. You're not righteous enough to have God's help and support. You're not worthy enough to ask for that. You have lost your chance. Do any of these stories sound familiar to you? If you're like me, you've probably let any number of these stories shut down your desires and settled for the familiar known reality of the life that doesn't change too much. In other words, just stay where you are. (laughs) And yet, the heart of God's plan is all about progress. He's not interested in us having a life that doesn't evolve and upgrade. 
to nudge us along the path of eternal progression, he will send divine discontent and partner it with desire. Yes, God is the one who plants those desires in your heart. I'll say that again. God is the one who plants the desires in your heart. Why else would Satan put judgment on those desires? They are there for your progress. They are the breadcrumbs to lead you down the path God has for you, especially to receive the future blessings he desires to give you. Those godly desires will always be accompanied by Satan's judgments and stories of why you should not desire it. (laughs) It's opposition. Expect it. If you know the opposition is supposed to be there, then it's easier to see it for what it is. Remember, opposition creates agency. Without opposition, we don't have agency. These opposing thoughts create the space for you to have agency to choose what you are going to believe and create. In the Book of Mormon, the prophet Alma gives a remarkable discourse on faith. He compares faith to a seed, and he walks us through the process of how this seed grows into a fruitful tree. That fruit is our hoped-for future blessings. Do you remember the very first stage of this process? It begins with desire. And Alma gives a powerful mantra for what to do with your desire. What does he say? Let this desire work in you. Let this desire work in you. Let this desire work in you. You let this desire work in you by nurturing it and tending it to grow into something more. Do not be surprised when Satan speaks the opposite. Do not let this desire work in you. Don't listen. Don't follow this desire. Abandon it. You have to get past these judgments if you are going to let this desire work in you. This usually begs the question of discerning which desires come from God and which desires come from the adversary. In basic terms, any desire that has the potential to bring you closer to God or to love and serve others with your unique spiritual gifts, those desires are of Him. The prophet Moroni taught this when he said, That which is of God inviteth and enticeth to do good continually. Wherefore, everything which inviteth and enticeth to do good and to love God and to serve Him is inspired of God. A friend of mine has a deep desire to serve others by sharing amazing recipes. She has let this desire work in her to the point of starting a food blog and publishing a cookbook, and most recently, opening a storefront where she invites people to assemble meals or buy pre-made meals made of healthy ingredients to help feed their families. Now, I know this journey has not been easy for her. Over and over again, she has had to discern between the judgments the adversary puts on her desires and trust that she is following the desires God has put on her heart. Does her desire to help others eat healthy and to lift the burden of cooking healthy meals? 
Does that desire fit into the category of serving God and others with her unique spiritual gifts? Absolutely. And it will still require faith. Another friend of mine has this deep desire to understand human behavior. She's long had a fascination with personality tests and profiling systems that highlight the unique qualities of people. She desires to understand what makes people unique and different. She's read books, taken courses, and she has this thirsting desire to keep learning more. Now, because she's one of my best friends, I have watched her navigate this journey of discerning her desires. She has battled the judgments of the adversary in telling her that this desire is silly. (laughs) It's not important. What if these profiling systems are all man-made ideas that put people into a box? I have watched her question if she should actually spend money on a course or a certification, if she may or may not turn this knowledge into a profession. Isn't it selfish if she doesn't turn her investment into something big and only uses it to improve her own life? And yet, Her knowledge of these many different systems has been so impactful in my life that I hired her as my personal coach, and she is the most impactful coach I've ever had. She understands me and my behavior on a level that no other coach ever has. She doesn't give general guidance or walk me in circles, making me question all my thoughts as other coaches have done with me. She immediately understands why. I see and think the way I do. And she tells me exactly what to do to create change in my life in a way that is perfect for me as an individual. I am so grateful she has let this desire work in her. And she's had the faith to move forward, even despite the judgment she's had to face in doing so. It has been such an important blessing in my life. My neighbor down the street, He has long had desires to learn more about outer space. He has studied it personally, and he's gone to great lengths to build an amazing observatory in his backyard, complete with a high-powered telescope, (laughs) so he can study the night sky from the comfort of his own home. Now, all of these examples I've just given are desires of personal interest. They uniquely highlight the diversity of what we each find interesting and what we may all have a unique natural curiosity towards. One of my favorite things to do when I go to someone's house is to look at the books on their shelf. Now, if I go to my mom's house, I will see hundreds of books on gardening, herbs, plants, natural healing remedies, and homeopathy. She has let this desire work in her and has been able to help so many people with her knowledge. Now, if I go to another friend's house, I will see stacks of books on education and learning. She has the desire to learn more about educating her children, and she has felt the call to become involved at her children's school. She is letting this desire work in her. My own bookshelf It's crammed full of books on mindset, spirituality, and exploring divinity. Personal interests are one of the most fascinating ways that our desires take form. There is a beautiful diversity here that shows how God uniquely plants seeds of desire in our hearts. Those desires lead us to be curious about unique topics that have the potential to guide the development of our spiritual gifts and path of serving others in our life. 
Desire can also take shape in the choices we make for our families and lifestyle. One friend of mine loves to travel and have adventures. And a few years ago, she and her husband let this desire work in them. They saved up enough money to allow their family to take a six-month sabbatical from work and travel the world with their kids. I am certain this decision was met with lots of opposing judgments on this desire. And yet, they let this desire work in them and they experienced profound blessings in strengthening their family relationships in a way that was not possible by just keeping the status quo of the life they had been living. Desire can lead us to create change in our life or the life of others. I've watched parents up and move to a new location because they desired a better school or environment for their kids. I've watched people who struggle with addictions, who desire to be free and courageously let this desire work in them to get help. One profound story shared by my institute teacher many years ago included a student of his who struggled with pornography addiction. He deeply desired to be free of this challenge to the point that he quit his job, which was working as a software engineer on computers all day long, and he completely changed careers to do work that didn't use computers. So great was his desire to be free. Let this desire work in you. I've watched people go through extreme difficulty and a painful life trial who turn around and desire to help others navigate similar trials. And they become advocates or create supportive resources that they wish they would have had. Let this desire work in you. So how do you let this desire work in you? Step number one is to not judge your desire. Accept that it is from God and trust He will work out all the logistics to make it possible. Have a little faith, even if it's no more than a desire to believe. Let this desire work in you. At some point, you are going to need to do something to co-create this desire with God. That's part of the process. The law of creation includes what you see, say, feel, and do. Can you see how necessary desire is to creation? At its most basic level, desire is a feeling. And as you let this feeling grow, you will inevitably be led to do something. Feelings are so important to creation. The more charged your feelings, the more energy and momentum you will have in moving towards doing something. This, of course, works for the positive as well as the negative. If you let this desire work in you, it means that you're willing to nurture and allow this feeling to grow stronger into something that leads you to action. Sometimes we know all too well the momentum strong feelings can produce. And so we may shy away from letting this desire work in us. We may not want to let the feeling grow, 
because we innately know we will have to do something because of it. (laughs) And doing something can feel scary. What if I fail? What if I'm rejected? What if it doesn't work out? What if I have to disrupt my life? So we don't let the feeling grow so we can stay safe in our little world of certainty. If Satan can't stop us by judging the desire, then he'll try to make us afraid of what letting this desire work in you may cause. Both approaches dampen the feeling of desire. If the feeling of shame or fear can become stronger than the feeling of desire, then our action, or likely inaction, will reflect this. Our actions usually reflect the strongest feeling. I'll say that again. Our actions usually reflect the strongest feeling. Let this desire work in you. Part of your responsibility as a creator is to nurture these feelings of desire. It requires work. Just as Alma describes, you have to nurture it with great patience. One reason being that you're working against the feelings of shame and fear that can result from the stories that Satan will tell. Those are weeds that you have to keep pulling out of your garden so your seeds of desire can flourish. Let this desire work in you. This brings me back to the question I asked at the beginning. What do you want? What is it you desire? If you have shut down your desires because of judgment or fear, this question is much harder to answer. Countless times I have coached someone asking them what they want, and they can't tell me, mostly because they're too focused on what they don't want. And I'm raising my hand. I include myself in this predicament. Recently, I was at a therapy session, and my therapist asked me what I wanted a certain relationship to look like. And I paused, I thought for a minute, and I realized I didn't have the words because I'd not taken the time to focus on what I wanted. I had been too focused on what I didn't want. I was very practiced with those words. That was the story I'd been telling in therapy for the past eight months. I could only describe what I wanted by using words to describe what I didn't want. Now, that may sound confusing, but it will show up in statements like this. I don't want to be sick anymore. I don't want to be overweight anymore. I don't want to be fighting with this person anymore. I don't want to be in debt anymore. I don't want to be stuck anymore. See where the focus is. If you don't know what you want, try taking these same statements of what you don't want and flip them to the positive future outcome. I don't want to be sick anymore becomes I want to be healthy. I don't want to be overweight anymore becomes I want to be fit. I don't want to be fighting with this person anymore. Turn it around. It becomes, I want to have a peaceful relationship. I don't want to be in debt anymore. Turn it around. It becomes, I want to be financially free. 
I don't want to be stuck anymore. Turn it around. It becomes, I want to be progressing. Even if you know more than desire to believe, let this desire work in you. This may mean that we have to start from a fuzzy place. It may be fuzzy if we only see what we don't want. When we turn it around, when we flip it, it starts to get a little bit more clear. And now, my friends, let this desire work in you. The positive one, the one full of light, let this desire work in you. So what is it you want? 